Blog Talk Radio. Join the procession of marchers In my head like is this awkward Should I even be here marching Thinking if they can't, how can I breathe Thinking if they chant, what do I say I want to take a stance cause we are not free And then I thought about it, we are not we Am I on the outside looking in Or am I on the inside looking out Is it my place to get my two cents Or should I stand on the side and shut my mouth No justice, no peace Okay I'm saying that They're shutting out Black Lives Matter but I don't say it back. Is it okay for me to say? I don't know, so I watch and stand in front of a line of police that look the same as me. Only separated by a badge, a baton, a can, a mace, a mask, a shield, a gun with gloves on hands that gives an alibi in case somebody dies behind a bullet that flies out of the nine, takes another child's life on sight. Bam! Thank mm-hmm. you. 
yourself And the last thing you want to do is take a picture But seriously, my little girl loves you She's always singing, I'm gonna pop some tags I'm not kidding, my oldest You even got him to go thrifting In one love, oh my god, that song, brilliant Their aunt is gay When that song came out, my son told his whole class He was actually proud, that's so cool Look what you're accomplishing even an old mom like me likes it because it's positive. You're the only hip-hop that I let my kids listen to. Because you get it. All that negative stuff, it isn't cool. Yeah, yeah, like all the guns and the drugs. The bitches and the hoes and the gangs and the thugs. Even the protests outside. So sad and so dumb. If a cop pulls you over, it's your fault if you run. So they feel that the police are discriminating against the, the black people? I have an advantage. Why? Because I'm white? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. It's like more people like nowadays are just pussies. Like, this is the generation to be offended by everything. Black Lives Matter thing is a reason to take arms up over perceived slights. I'm, I'm not prejudiced. I just... 99% of the time across this country, the police are doing their job properly. Damn. A lot of opinions. A lot of confusion. A lot of resentment. Some of us scared. Some of us defensive. And most of us aren't even paying attention. It seems like we're more concerned with being called racist than we actually are with racism. I've heard that silence is an action, and God knows that I've been passive. What if I actually read an article, actually had a dialogue, actually looked at myself, actually got involved? I'm aware of my privilege and do nothing at all. I don't know. Hip-hop has always been political, yes. It's the reason why this music connects. So what the fuck has happened to my voice if I stay silent when black people are dying and I'm trying to be politically correct? I can book a whole tour, sell out the tickets, rap entrepreneur, build his own business. If I'm only in this for my own self-interest, not the culture that gave me a voice to begin with, then this isn't authentic. It is just a gimmick. The DIY underdog, so independent, but the one thing the American dream fails to mention is I was many steps ahead to begin with. It matches the hero, lightness, the image America feels safe with my music and their systems And it's due to me perfect The role I fulfilled it And if I'm the hero, you know who gets cast as the villain White supremacy isn't just a white dude in Idaho White supremacy protects the privilege I hold White supremacy is the soil, the foundation, the cement And the flag that flies outside of my home White supremacy is our country's lineage Designed for us to be indifferent My success is the product of the same system that let off Darren Wilson. Guilty. We want to dress like, walk like, talk like, dance like, yet we just stand by. We take all we want from black culture, but will we show up for black lives? We want to dress like, walk like, talk like, dance like, yet we just stand by. We take all we want from black culture, but will we show up for black lives? Black Lives Matter, to use an analogy, is like if, if there was a subdivision and the house was on fire, the fire department wouldn't show up and start putting water on all the houses because all houses matter. They would show up and they would turn their water on the house that was burning because that's the house that needs to help the most. My generation's taking on the torch of a very age-old fight for black liberation, but also liberation for everyone. Injustice anywhere is still injustice everywhere. The best thing white people can do is talk to each other. Having those very difficult, very painful conversations with your parents, with your family members. I think one of the critical questions for white people in this society is what are you willing to risk? What are you willing to sacrifice to create a more just society? 
Your silence is a luxury Hip-hop is not a luxury Your silence is a luxury Hip-hop is not a luxury Anything that you 
wanted to report on tonight or any news story in particular that stood out to you or a topic in, in general in the media in the past couple of weeks that you would like to touch on? Uh, yeah, a little bit of news tonight about the uh, death of Supreme Court Justice Scalia and how oh, wow. is that and how that is going to affect and send a ripple through the politics of President Obama's administration and how that will also reflect on the presidential uh, contestants and how they're lining up and opinions will be formed and the Senate's uh, potential interviews of the candidates uh, to replace him. And that's going to be a big ripple effect, a very large stone thrown into the pond on the political front. So would you like to start? Well, well, we can start talking about, you want to start talking about that now or, well, we're going to play a couple Uh, of songs as always. Um, uh, Okay, I can uh, wait. I can go ahead and wait till you come back from your break. Okay, um, tonight we have a couple of songs that we want to play, and one of the songs we're about to play in our um, upcoming mix is the song, the newest release that came out by Beyonce, uh, not this past weekend, but the week, well, the week of the Super Bowl, and the, the, the song is called Formation, and right now, this song has caused a lot of controversy, and you know how the music game is. Uh, anytime someone's coming out with a single or upcoming album, controversy sells. And definitely, uh, Beyonce's new single has caused a lot of controversy, um, especially that weekend as well. She performed at the Super Bowl 50. And um, a lot of people have a lot of mixed reviews with her political statement that she was trying to convey through her performance. We're going to get into that. And tonight, I'm going to be going off because I'm just going to tell you this now. So you, you, you might as well get ready. And I'm going to get the call-in number now because I know some of y'all got something to say. Um, the call-in number for the show is 646-915-8200. Once again, that's 646-915-8200. Now, what we're going to be talking about is a lot of people that are people, especially a lot of the conservative people that have a lot of these negative uh, racial talking point and everything is seen as an attack on white America. We're going to talk about um, one particular, well, we're going to talk about uh, Rudy Giovanni, but we're going to talk about one uh, commentator in particular. Her name is, let me get, let me get her name right. Let me get her name right. Uh, Tommy Lauren. She has a um, political commentary show on Fox Network, and she made some pretty disparaging, kind of like some very disturbing com- comments about Beyonce and Jay-Z and just attacking them, their character in general. Nothing that had anything to do with the performance at Super Bowl 50. So we're going to talk about some of her comments tonight. We're going to talk about pretty much um, those comments as it relates to uh, are we living in a post-racial society? We talked about this a few weeks ago, and we're going to talk about do all lives, because, you know, some of you guys have a problem, obviously, with the Black Lives Movement. So we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to make it a little politically correct for you people 
that can't seem to get the concept of Black Lives Matter. Well, we're going to ask the question tonight, do all lives matter? Because obviously some of you think that we live in a post-racial society, and truth be known, we're not. So we're going to talk about a lot of these issues. We're going to talk about um, the new show on FX called OJ, The People versus OJ. It's a new series that's out that pretty much chronicles the whole OJ Simpson case, the uh, the murder of Nicole Simpson, and, um, and, and pretty much it just chronicles that whole uh, scene from start to finish, the murder scene up through the trial and the verdict. So we're going to talk about that. It's a very good, um, very good series that's out right now. And you have Cuba uh, Gooding Jr. He plays O.J. Simpson. And you have people like Adam Sandler that play in this series. And, you know, most of the time we're used to seeing him playing these really goofy, crazy roles. But he plays, he plays a really good role in this uh, series. I think he's one of, one of the um, lawyers or something like that. And um, there's just a lot of good acting, and, and it's really historically accurate. And it kind of um, displays the scene of what was going on. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And also, let me see what else we have to discuss tonight. Uh, if we have time, we're going to get to the Sierra. She's, a, she's an R&B singer and performer. Her and her ex, future with she's a hip hop they are going through legal custody now well they're going through a lot of legal issues now dealing with their child that they have together and sierra she's filed a 15 million dollar uh defamation lawsuit against her because i guess future was on social media questioning her parenting skills and saying this and saying that about her so we're going to talk about that if we have time and uh like michael said we're going to talk about um, the Supreme Court and how, how you know, the process of what they're going to have to do in electing a new justice and just a whole lot more. So just feel free to chime in. We're going to be on the air until 11 o'clock. If you get on at the end of the show, we can continue the conversation after 11. But um, once again, at number 646-915-8200, we're going to go to a couple of songs really quick and we're going to be back. Like I said, we're going to uh, go to Beyonce's newest single called Formation. And we're going to talk about the controversy behind that. And I want I want to know if anybody, you know, if anybody is out there listening, I want to know what is your opinion of this song. And um, we're, we're just going to have a good talk tonight. I really have a good feeling about that. So... Um, we'll be back after this. at the New Orleans. Bitch, I'm back. I'm popular the man. Yeah, 
haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. in my bag. Swag. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. I, oh, oh, yes. I like that. I did not come to play with you hoes. <laughs> I came to slay, bitch. I like cornbreads and collard greens, bitch. Oh, yes. You just believe it. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress I'm so possessive so I rock his rock necklaces My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama in my bag.
information. I say, okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. I always say gracious, best revenge is your paper. Might be 
Do I turn you on? You can tell me if I'm wrong Girl, I think you might be And she don't need to smoke But she swear I got that dope Love it when I fuck in them Hey, hot sex is the best sex Whenever she stressed, she just wanna get Well, get high, baby Get high, baby uh, Is you rolling? I might be you the, sugar, you the sugar, honey, iced tea What I got a hint for? You know I'm a nympho On my Marshawn Lynch You know what I'm here for Hey, ride through the city and get Take you to the crib and have one hell of a night It's ironic cause we on cloud Girl, make up your mind Is you mine or you mine? Hey, any what I'm drinking She got Remy in a cup She break down the I break down the Body like J-Lo after she had enough She called contact, now she's trying to f- I got a feeling that you might be Do I turn you on? You can tell me if I'm wrong Girl, I think you might be And she don't need smoke, but she swear I got that dope Love it when I f*** in them Hey, hot sex is the best sex Whenever she stressed, she just wanna get well, get high, baby, get high, baby Okay, she told me she ain't never been Baby, the wood lit, let me take you on this trip Just don't blow my But you know what you can blow Let me teach you how to roll so you can face one and get <laughs> Now that girl hungry, she done went and got the money I just want something here is that too much to ask? Let me pour you up a glass so you can get drunk and get Slide her panties to the side, now she wanna ride She on top and she said it's too Hey, just take it slow, baby, let me take control I got a feeling that you might be Do I turn you on? You can tell me if I'm wrong Girl, I think you might be and she don't need to smoke, but she swear I got that dope Love it when I f**k in them Hey, hot sex is the best sex Whenever she stressed, she just wanna get Well, get high, baby Get high, baby
And do you think that the Republicans will play games with, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, with this being a political, you know, year, like where we're going to be right. electing a new president, do you think that there's going to be a lot of games played with this process? Oh, there absolutely will be because this is high stakes. Because currently with Justice Scalia, the Supreme Court was split right firmly right down the middle. You had four conservative, four liberal, and then you had Justice Kennedy as the swing vote that might go in either direction. So now that Scalia is gone, President Obama has the opportunity to nominate and tip the balance of the Supreme Court. So it could be a very, very important issue right now, which is why the Republicans are about to have a stroke because they don't want President Obama to make the nomination. The way this supposedly is supposed to go is the president makes his nomination for the seat. The Senate holds an inquiry, which I liken it pretty much to the Inquisition, (laughs) which would be a good term for it because they grilled him pretty well. And then the Senate makes a vote as to whether or not to approve the person. And given that this is an election year, and given that whoever it is that President Obama nominates, if approved, would tip the balance of the Supreme Court for probably at least 20 years, roughly. So you start to piece all this together and you look at it, and that makes the political stakes very high. So the what the Republicans are wanting is to hold off until after the presidential election to fill the seat. Because, of course, they're hoping for a Republican president and hoping that he can put an ultra-conservative in that was just as bad as Scalia, which I was not a big fan of Justice Scalia at all. But, Mm -hmm. oh well. (laughs) So the Republicans want, want to wait. The Democrats want to move forward. President Obama has already said that he will make his nomination in due time, and my theory on due time is probably going to mean once they put Scalia in the ground, I think that probably the next day you'll see Obama make his nomination. And the Senate has already said, don't expect us to confirm whoever you put out there. So they're already saying they're going to try and delay everything they can until hoping for a Republican president so they can have their way. But this could backfire too because the way the numbers are in the Senate, the numbers could shift Democrat. It's pretty close. So if the numbers were to shift Democrat majority in the Senate, they would lose again. So not only would they lose the Senate, Uh, but they would also then lose the ability to get the Supreme Court justice they want. So it's it's a gamble, and pretty much all sides are playing the cards that they can. Me personally, I would like to see Obama be able to make his nomination to the court and get it approved before the next president because you have no idea just yet how that's going to line up and who might be president. So 
But there, with so many things, you know, there's affirmative action cases, there's abortion cases, there's all, there's constantly going to be more religious liberty cases coming before the Supreme Court. This is a crucial time that we really cannot afford for this country, regardless of what side you choose to be on. The country really can't afford to be short a Supreme Court justice. So it's imperative the seat gets filled. Me personally, though, I hope that the president gets the opportunity to get his vote in there. Hold on, give me a second, Mark. Also, I guess I could go on to add in this that if what I was reading was correct, there has never been yet in history a whole year go by without having with having a vacant Supreme Court seat. So, you know, usually in history, it's always been appointed and filled within a year. But there's never been a whole year or a whole session go by without a justice being appointed. So that's something they're also kind of looking at at the moment is really we can't afford to wait. Yeah, I was going to point out too because I was reading an article and there's some unwanted audio coming through it. But I was seeing how Ted, Senator Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio already saying, like, you know, they're pretty much putting in their two cents saying that uh, we don't think that he he should be allowed to make the nomination or whatever like that or uh, have any say on who would become. But, you know, it, it's just kind of funny that they're saying that, but if the shoe was in or the, if the ball was in their court, oh, they would definitely say, oh, let's go ahead, like, right now and, um, you know, you know, fill that seat, you know. And it's just kind of funny that oh, – of course. They they have that, and then Donald Trump. I was reading how he he's pretty much pushing for them to delay it or hold off as much as possible. He, he's urging you know them to do whatever they can do to hold this off. But it's just kind of funny that you think well, he's the sitting president, so why shouldn't he be allowed to you know make that choice? Right. Like it, it's just it's just you know right. with them, it's everything so one sided, and they were talking about well, I think it was Ted Cruz that was saying how. This is going to affect, you know, Americans' religious uh, civil liberties and all this crap. But you, but you, pretty much are not looking at it on your side. I mean, if you get someone in there that that's just as conservative as he is, what if, what about the liberties? You know what I'm saying? Like uh, people that I don't know. It's just it just seems like you know they're being kind of hypocritical. Oh, absolutely. Well, they're right now. And like I say, they're in the hot seat because Obama being in a president, a uh, Democrat, obviously yeah. is going to appoint someone with de- Democratic ideologies and probably more liberal. And Justice Scalia was like the far right of conservative justices. I mean, he was so conservative. I don't even call him conservative myself. I was not a big fan of his interpretation on a lot of things. But 
if you want to speak purely from a constitutional perspective, he was a very literal, took a very literal interpretation of constitutional law. So, but I guess you can relate that to churches. Do you want literal or do you want implied? So, but that's an argument that's went on forever. But regardless, it's if Obama makes his appointment, it is going to probably be just the opposite of Scalia, and that's what has the Republicans highly concerned. But do you think, like, if someone, like, you know, Scalia gets back in office, like, what, what do you think, what's the worst-case scenario in your opinion? Like, what, what would be the worst-case scenario, like, as far as... Uh, I think one, you'd be very hard-pressed to see somebody as far right as he is. Um, I think you would probably see someone that's maybe, if we use the example of middle of the road versus right or left, I think you're probably going to see somebody, realistically speaking, that's just a little bit left of center. So a little bit left, but not super much, not drastically. But, you know, that's that tips the scales, though, because... President Obama got to, you know, if he does this, the the liberal wing of the court will be in place for quite a long time. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. It'll be stuck there kind of like we've been stuck with a conservative court for the last several years. Well, now mm-hmm. the tide is kind of shifting, and here's where it could potentially shift completely the other direction. And do, do you think a lot of people are going to come out and uh, – in opposition to Obama and, like, do whatever they can do to stop it. Do you think that it's going to be, as far as, like, the religious community is concerned, do you think, do you feel that a lot of them are going to come out and uh, try to do whatever they can do? And uh, I think you're going to see everybody coming out doing everything they can do on both sides. And I think probably the louder mouthpiece will be the Republican side just because they want to put it off. Mm-hmm. Wow, and that kind of leads me into something else I want to touch on uh, briefly. Uh, as far as the Democrats are concerned, who are you personally? Who are you more like? Who are you rooting for right now? As far as the Democrats, are you uh, more favorable of Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders? Well. I haven't even uh, really paid much attention to Bernie because, and it's not because I have anything against Bernie Sanders. And, you know, maybe he's a very good candidate. I have no idea. I haven't really examined much of his uh, position. Just sim- And that's simply because if you look at the broader picture of it, I don't think he's going to stand a chance against Hillary. I mean, and that's and, yeah. and I think that too. Like even if he was to become like you know, I mean the one that that we we have to go with. I mean I would stand behind him and support him, but I don't think he he would stand a chance against the Republicans. I don't I don't think that he whoever there whoever's going to be in place on that side. I don't think that he would really stand a chance against him. Like you know, a lot of people have a lot right. to say about Hillary and talk about how she you know different scandals that she was caught up in and, and you know you know her husband Bill Clinton you know the different scandals he was caught in and the different lies he was you know that were exposed about them but really I think Hillary would be the best 
candidate, and I think that she would be the one that people would take more seriously. Because like you said, I mean, honestly, a lot of people don't know much about her. You know, right. with the Clinton name already being out there, I think people would be more prone to go, you know, to go along with, with pretty much Hillary. So, I don't right. know, I- man. And, you know, by it though being an election year where the seat's completely open, you know, they have to, you know, realistically speaking from the Democrat side, that's why you really only see two frontrunners. Because, one, it would look bad if they only had one. But, you know, right. there's not going to be more than two because I don't think anybody wants to challenge the Clinton name on that side. Yeah. Then you consider that Hillary just in her time as Secretary of State, that she had a... She's been a very powerful political figure in her own right. You know, even since she was the First Lady. You know, she's always been a very political, very powerful political figure, and I think that's just kind of carried over into this now. It's kind of nobody really really wants to challenge that, I don't think. (laughs) And I'll even say, even when she went up against Barack Obama, like uh, back in 2008, like it, she she held her own. Like she she, she is definitely a fighter. Like she will get out there and get the people motivated. She'll get the people pumped and primed. And she's not afraid to hit below the belt. She's really not. And right. I think that um, you know Obama he. She gave him a run for his money. Like, I was like, man, I'm telling you, this is going to be a close one. But it's really good to see that she still stayed in the political scene. And now that she, I think she has an opportunity to uh, get back out there and uh, become the Democratic, you know, candidate. And I, and I really think that she, I think she she, she can hold her own. Like, and I think definitely we need someone that, you know, that can deal with the mud swings and all the tactics that the right wing. Right, and a lot of them are trying to attack, a lot of them are trying to attack her age, but yet still, if she gets elected, she will be the same age that Reagan was when he got elected. Yeah. So, you know, and all things considered, I don't see where her age is going to have much of an effect on it. And if you look at some of the other candidates being on the other side, a bit, shall we say, outlandish, <laughs> um, yeah. I think she's got a pretty good shot. So, But even Hillary's comment on this thing with uh, Scalia and his death, you know, she went on the record saying, friends, whether you like it or not, she said, Mr. Obama is the president of the United States, and he has every right to make his nomination and to put it out there and start start the process. So I think that you'll hear probably the nomination come very quickly. But that's my opinion. That's my thought. But it would make sense because he knows it's going to be an uphill battle. Oh, yeah. And so like, if it's going to be an uphill battle, he needs to get started sooner as opposed to later. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's you. That's really something that you can't stop. That he 
he shouldn't solve, you know, with. But you know how Congress has had these moments where they let things run up until the last minute that almost shuts down the government and this and that because, you know, funding or passage of bills or whatever. I think it'll come down to something like that because it's all a chess game. You know, there's going to need to be something important get pushed through, and then when it comes down to that, you know, the president can speak up and say, you know, I've got a veto button. Um, I can veto this. Or you can go ahead and give my uh, person a vote for confirmation. So, you know, I can see where it's going to come down to a very sticky situation. Who knows? It might come down to one of those, you know, close down the government type things. But hopefully not, but I'm sure it's not going to be a pretty sight no matter how it goes. Move on really quick. I wanted to talk about this new uh, series that is uh, on FX right now on the network FX, and it's um, like a, a part of an American crime series. And I guess the, the show is um, The People versus OJ Simpson. And for any of you that know about the OJ Simpson case or uh, that were alive during that time, and they just realized the this just like the hot political climate that that kind of centered that case. I think you know this show pretty much. I mean, even with me being younger, I, I even remember um, just the discussions and just uh, people talking about the O.J. Simpson case and how like it just caused big divides in America, and, and not just that. It, 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 it caused this caused a divide, but I think it, it also um, got people speaking a, a great deal on race relations in this country. And uh, and it wasn't just the O.J. Simpson trial like that really got people talking in the uh, early It was also the whole situation with um, police brutality, some of the issues that we're dealing with now in the whole entire um, Rodney King case. And uh, it is really kind of this series. This series, series is very actually dead on. Like, of course, it doesn't, you know, the drama aspect to it. Um, but I think that Cuba Gooding, he did a pretty Cuba Gooding Jr. He did a pretty good job in playing O.J. Simpson. Um, and the lady that plays Marsha Clark, uh, I think they picked a very she 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 looked almost identical to Marsha Clark. Like, and she really played that role. And I guess um, I caught part of last week's episode. I think it's going to come on tomorrow night. It's on Tuesday night for Pink. But um, the last episode I saw was when he was in that car chase. And I guess they kind of focused on what actually – a lot of people in the – like, when, we, when people were seeing the car chase on the news, you really didn't get it good narrative of you really didn't know what was going on in that car, but I guess the, it kind of showed what he was thinking and what was actually being said in that car and how um, he pretty much was really fighting, you know, with the fact of taking his own life, you know what I'm saying? And it, it is just really a good, 
a really good docu series. That's what I call it. You know, if you really want to know what happened um, in, from start to finish, and uh, just kind of what people thought, like what a, a lot of things that went on in the news media, and kind of how like what actually went. Because we we saw what happened in the media, but it kind of kind of gives you a, uh, an inside look on how these characters were developed throughout this case. So I really think it's a good show if you want to really and it's it is really I don't I wouldn't say that it's biased. I think it's pretty factual. You know what I'm saying? I mean so I, I would definitely uh especially younger people that, that you know are looking to uh, see something historical play out like I think on the screen I think that's something that they would be good for them to watch because they really talk about it from a historical um, viewpoint as far as like how this country was divided, um, what went on in the in the courtroom, what went on behind the scenes and stuff like that, and just the mindset of the people at that time. So um, check it out. I think it comes on. Yeah, it comes on Tuesday night on FX. Um, I think at t- yeah 10 p.m. and then I think before that, I think they'll show the rerun or the, the previous week week's episode if you want to get caught up like an hour before. So check that out. Um, another show I really want to talk about is The Real Preachers of L.A. And, well, not at L.A. I think this, this is the new one of Atlanta. And they have uh, four new preachers. And I think two of them are two, two, two of the ladies. There, There's two ladies on there and two uh, men on there, and one of the men, he's like 24, 25. Like, he's pretty young, pretty liberal. Um, a lot of them, believe it or not, are pro-gay, and uh, I guess that's a good thing. Like, they're more talking about how they want to get out here and reach people that are usually the outcasts in the religious community. But I do have a problem, and I was talking to C about this a couple of weeks ago when we did our broadcast. Like, there's a particular gospel music artist on there. Her name, and she was like a Sunday's Best winner. Kind of like, it's like the gospel version of Sunday's Best. Her name is Leandria Johnson. And don't get me wrong, I love Leandria Johnson as an artist. She is very talented. I think that she... Uh, probably one of the best contestants that they have that that's been through that show. But to me, I don't think her personal life is not it's not matching up with her religious life. You know what I'm saying? And she calls herself a pastor, but yet you're on this reality show fighting with your husband. And and I and I understand why she's upset because like, you know, I guess his husband has a child in a previous relationship, or a woman claims that they were in a relationship, and he got her pregnant, and I guess the big issue is dealing with her, with the paternity of the child, and she's going back and forth, like, it's not like the man cheated on you, it's not like you were, you guys were together when this situation is, took place between those two. But you're so bitter and treating him like crap. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't understand you guys are trying to get through this situation where this woman's claiming to, to, 
you know, our child being fathered by your husband, I mean, he's the father. You, you get what I'm saying? But it's just to me like mm-hmm. how you're acting on on national TV. You know what I'm saying? You're sitting up here pretty much damn near cussing him out, and then you, you guys are getting into an argument in a restaurant, and which you, you know you causing a scene in a public place, and then I guess it kind of bled over into the parking lot where you know a lot of people had to get involved. She's trying to run the man over, damn near with the car. Like, how can we take you serious as a pastor? Like, and this is the same woman that was caught on Instagram. No, not Instagram, but on uh, Periscope. I'm, I'm sorry. She was on Periscope back in September, August and September of 2015. You're online chatting with your friend, with your fans and your friends online, and you're drunk. Like, you're supposed to be a pastor, and you are drunk on Periscope. You sitting up there dancing and, and popping and pop-locking it and dropping it, and you really are surprised when people are questioning, like, how can you teach me anything about spirituality when you're so carnal-minded yourself? And I guess she's been in a lot of, um, she's been in a, she's been under scrutiny by a lot of people because just the way she dresses and conducts herself. She 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 was on an interview with the Times during the morning show, and they brought up the fact. I mean, it was kind of an awkward interview because they didn't really want to touch on some of the issues that people were talking about. But they, you know, they went on ahead and asked her. Of course, she said, so, you know, you've been out of the limelight for a couple of months because of the controversy of you being drunk on Periscope. And they were just talking about how she was on the, on their cruise the year before and that she, she is known to dress very provocative. Like, and, and they were asking her, I said, well, will you be coming to the cruise this year? She said, yes. And they asked her, so what, what do you plan on wearing? She says, I'm not sure yet, but it's going to be something for everybody's eye. So my thing is, it's like, you know, I don't think that Leandria Johnson, I'm, I don't think that she's as far as, I don't think she's homophobic. I think she is pro-gay, but my thing is, it's like, you're supposed to be leading people to towards a positive direction. Like, you're supposed to be showing them there's a better direction in life. And how can people change and take take you serious as a pastor and you're doing everything? You know what I'm saying? There's there's no standard. There's no standard of living. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that anybody's perfect, but how can, I, how can you teach me to advance when you're not even trying to live better yourself? I mean, you're doing everything that's right. So we we had that issue on that show and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's a really good show, but it's it's almost like with all the drama on there, I might as well be watching Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Like, I mean, I know it's Preachers of Atlanta, but this is almost like Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Like, you know, you're going through all this drama, baby daddy drama, and all this stuff. And 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 I understand that these people are human and they have issues, but how can you sit there and preach to people? And how can you tell people that there's a better way of living when you're not displaying that yourself? And that's and that's my only problem with the show. You see what I'm saying? But um, but I don't know. And I've never, I haven't got to watch one of those episodes of that show. But do you think 
that given it's been on for a couple seasons now, hasn't it? Yeah. Do you think that the reason they and just your opinion, do you think that they're picking pastors like this for maybe the let's say ridiculous entertainment value of the show? Yeah, I mean, of course, they're going to, and I'm going to be honest, I know, I'm going to be totally honest, like, of course, you're going to have people that, they're going to have people on there that's going to, extreme personalities on there to bring shot back. I mean, you're not going to get anybody to watch that show if there's no drama to it. Like, if there's no drama, why would you listen to that? Like, seriously, I know I wouldn't listen to it. If there wasn't nobody on that fight and going in on each other, I, I wouldn't listen to it. So I I, I, I kind of understand that, but I don't think that it's that still kind of creepy to think that they were actually that there was actually a church that was employing them as a minister. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Mike, we're gonna go to the line. I think we have somebody on here. Uh, let's go to the line and see who this is. Um, caller one one one. Um, do you have a question or comment or are you just listening at this point? Okay, I think there's a question. But I I do believe that a lot of these shows and, and you know, and I guess you are right. I mean, if there's no drama on these shows, even these so called religious reality shows, like if there's no drama or people kind of going in on each other, I, I don't think that it's a marketplace for them because, I mean, you look at it, I mean, what's going to be so exciting about that? What's going to be, right. you know what I'm saying, people tune, on, tune into these reality shows because they want to see the juicy guys. They want to see what's really going on with these people, like in their personal lives. So, yeah, I can kind of tell that um, – that is an angle because everything is exaggerated in that story. And then they have mm-hmm. like the preachers going back and forth talking about police violence. Cause I think one of the pastors on there, he, he is in law enforcement too. And I guess he was going back and forth with like, you know, people from the community talking about, well, you know, you're supposed to be a man of God, but you're not uh, speaking out of these cops um, shooting us down in the streets and this, that, and the other. And, it, it's just, it's really a lot of drama on this show. Like, when I was looking at the preview, previews of the show for the rest of the season, I, it, it's going to get, it's going to get, I'm just going to say this, it's going to get straight up ratchet on that show this, this season. <laughs> and, I mean, but to me, I mean, I understand that you don't have to have a little bit of ratchetness on there. You're going to have a, a, a little bit of conflict on that show. But, Still, at the same time, I mean, you don't want the ratchetness and the confusion and the drama to outweigh, you know what I'm saying? You don't want it to outweigh the message. The message. You see what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm kind of feeling that it is. Maybe, you know, I'll keep watching it for a couple of episodes, but you know me. I'm not going to keep watching some foolishness and if it's not going anywhere. And that's the same way with the Real Housewives of Atlanta and just the Real Housewives in general, because after so many seasons, like, what can you bring new to the people? Like, everybody's storyline is pretty much the same. 
and, and pretty much you get to the point to where people are starting to pull or starting to grab like it, like you grabbing their straws and trying to stay relevant on the show. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of these reality shows are uh, uh, yeah, be starting to get kind of old to people because the, it, and it's becoming more obvious to people that that, that these people are, are desperate to stay on these shows and they're, they're willing to do just anything. I don't I like a natural flowing scenario. I don't want it to seem like scripted. It's almost like some of this stuff is scripted. Some of this drama is scripted on this reality show. And that's yeah, I've wondered so that about old. a lot of them I've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you're not really a big reality person. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm person, not. So. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would say that would probably come from working in public safety for too many years. I, I see my own reality show. <laughs> I said, man, shoot, life is a reality TV show within itself. I don't need any extra drama. I've shown us don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, amen. <laughs> we got another caller. We're going to go and just see if they're listening or if they want to make a comment. Um, Two nine four, you just listening I'm at listening. this point, or okay, listening. Okay, we'll leave your mic open if you have anything to say. You can chime in. Uh, but like I oh. said, that a lot of these reality shows, I can't take them serious, especially like I said with this 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 new show, Preachers of Atlanta. Like I'm looking at these people, I said, you're calling yourself a pastor, but your lifestyle is not, it's not like aligning with what you're. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can you teach me anything? And, and, and you know, uh, I mean, and like you said, I mean, I know it has to be some level of drama to keep the people in, like engaged, but it just gets to a point where it's just too much it's over the top. Like, I'm yeah. like, I'm just, I, I guess it just bothers me a lot that there's a reality show about ministerial work because I mean I think that people want a minister they don't want their minister to be a prude or a goody two shoes they want a minister that is not judging but yet has dealt with their share of hard stuff in life and lives just like a real person does but yet understands that you know hey I had my share of troubles here's how I got through it and here's how you can too you know, it's not to be approved, but it's to lead you towards something yeah. better and showing, therefore, that they you are able to accomplish it because they have as well. So yeah. you would think there would be, let's use the slang term, a little more respect for the cloth, I guess. But Right. And I guess what bothers me about some of you, because when I was watching The Real Preachers of L.A., the other um, – version of that show, it kind of t- turned me off because you really had a lot of these pimp preachers on there. I call them pimp preachers. Like, y'all sitting <laughs> up there going back and forth with each other, talking about, brother, I, I, I got more money than you. You know, I got more money than you. I said, look at you with your shoes on and them, them gator shoes on, them cheap shoes. I mean, y'all going back and forth, hating on each other like some typical old feel. And I'm, I, you know what? I'm just going to be 110% with you. Y'all acting like some straight-up old slave 
Negro, field Negro type of people because y'all sitting up there jealous of what this person has and that person has, and it shouldn't even be about that. It's all about the money when it comes to these people. Y'all sitting up here arguing and going back and forth, and y'all trying to see who got the biggest, you know what, who's the biggest, and who's the baddest, and talking about, yeah, you know, I, I'm in a church now, but I, I'm still, I'm still from these streets and this, that, and the other, and, and this, that, and the other. And I'm like. Really, I mean, is this what this is all about? Like, I, I don't understand. It just kind of turns me off from reality TV. Like I said, is this what you guys are offering the, the people? And see, that's one of the things that absolutely, I'll just say, disgusts me, period, is when a preacher is up there trying to flash about how much money he's got. Because it's like if you're supposed to be a preacher, a Christian preacher, teaching the message of Jesus, I get, you know, he was uh, not rich, and he did not lead a life of wealth and extravagance. So why would any preacher be trying to portray themselves as a person of wealth, extravagance, or all this fine stuff, like, oh, look at what I got here, be like, you kind of missed the message, I think, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and that's mm-hmm. something that we've talked about on this show for several years, you know, it's just about the the establishment, you know, just the, you know, of religion and just how it has really turned a lot of people away um, over time. Like, it really yeah. has. It, it, you know, um, how is it that I'm giving you my last so that you can have all this abundance of wealth and I can't even afford to buy my kids some damn pork and beans. I can't yeah. even buy my kids no no damn no jug of milk or no no uh loaf of bread. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting up here about to get evicted from my house and you how dare you tell me that I need to get my last so that you, you can be, you know, it's, it's just sick. You know, I was just, and I know I'm going off on, you know, going all directions, but I was just watching this series uh, on, I think it was TV One. I don't know if it's BET or TV One, but they were talking about how there was this guy that was this preacher in Atlanta. It's always some drama and foolishness coming out of Atlanta. But there was this uh, guy that was I can't remember his name, but they were saying how he was linked up with a lot of the mega past mega churches down there, like Eddie Long, Bishop Eddie Long, and Crafty Dollar, and a lot of those churches down there. And he was trying to get these people to invest their life, their life savings, into this investment mm-hmm. firm. And these people were giving, and I'm these people weren't giving like no, no, no damn fifteen, twenty dollars or no. You know, or no hundreds. Now, these people were giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to this man. And uh, it was pretty much uh, this huge Ponzi scheme. And this man, you know, he was very influential because he he had a background in the church. So he knew how to talk. He knew how to get the people going. Um, He had a ministry in Atlanta where, uh, you know, he had thousands of people, too. And these people invested all this money with this man, and they were hoping that. Uh, that their money would triple, you know what I'm saying? They, they were they were investing in properties and all kind of stuff. And this guy was promised them all this. You know, he had an office, this little bootleg office set up, 
and like you know, it had these employees kind of stringing people along um, and telling them, yeah, just keep your money with us a little while longer. You know, just kind of stalling until like one day, you know, the investment firm or company or whatever was gone, and nobody could could track this man down. And they they eventually found the man, but by then all the money had been spent up. And this is what I'm talking about. You know, that's why a lot of people don't have faith in the church because of stuff like this, you know. But we really have to just be careful and be mindful. Um, and, and, and like I always say, you got to have your own spirituality and your own relationship with God. Because if not, you're going to be swindled by these people each and every time. Uh, we have another caller online. We're going to go and see if they are just listening or um, if they have a comment. Um, caller 331, are you just listening at this point, or um, do you have a comment? Oh, I'm listening at this point. Okay, well, we'll leave the mic on. If you have something to um, say, feel free to just chime in at any time. We're pretty much talking about a little bit of everything. Um, we're still going to get into these controversial comments made by a political um, commentator and she's only 23 years old so they go to show you you know her her viewpoint of the world is already you know skewed it's not you know not realistic but her name is Tommy Lauren and we're going to get to that in a minute um but what I'm saying is like you know uh, we were just talking about that new reality show uh called um Preachers of Atlanta and I guess it just premiered on, uh, what was it? Is it Logo? Yeah, I think it's Logo that it's on. Um, if somebody here listens to me and if that's not the right network, let me know. But anyway, um, pretty much we were just talking about how, you know, they have these, these preachers on there this season. And Leandria Johnson, she's one of them. And I guess, you know, um, it's, they're going through, her and her husband going through a lot of stuff right now, dealing with the paternity of, like, a child that this other lady, you know, she's claiming that he's the father of her child, but she's going off on him on the show, cussing him out, and then they're trying to run him over with a car on the show, and you're supposed to be a preacher in the land. She's so carnal-minded, like... I'm telling you, I, I love her as a singer, man. I'm, I'm telling you, she she is very talented. But man, I'm telling you, she, I'm telling you, she is hood. Like she could be on, like, that she might as well be on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. And but these are people that's supposed to be these preachers. Like seriously, I, I don't understand these reality shows. I really don't. I I just really don't. But I don't know, man. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I, I'm getting to a point. I'm gonna give you one or two episodes, maybe three. And if you ain't talking about nothing after that, I, I got to cut you off. I, I, I got, I got my own uh, reality that I'm dealing with. I, I ain't got time to be watching that. <laughs> how is this the candidates on the show advance? Is it by like a vote, or is there like a panel of judges, or how do they advance? Well, it's not like they're advancing. It's just showing, you know, I guess they're just showing them, showing their lives and stuff and, like, what's going on oh, in their okay. lives and stuff like that. And uh, Okay, I guess I was thinking like it was a reality TV competition kind of thing. No, it's not a competition. Okay, okay. But you, you might as well say it's a competition because we try, 
but all these different weeds, they, they going in on each other. How, who got the longest <laughs> weeds? And talking about, girl, your hair was just two inches. How'd you grow all that? Man, I said, y'all are just And this, this woman, she a pastor. This woman, girl, she got her hair cut short like pink. And then she on um, stage wearing these high heel pumps, these 10-inch pumps in a tutu. <laughs> I said she was on that stage wearing them out with them 10-inch pumps and that tutu and that pink hair. I said, girl, if you don't go on with your bad self. I said, I don't know if I was at a rock concert or a church service. I didn't know what that was. Mm. Hold on. We're going to go back to the lines. I think we have a caller that um, let me see. Yeah, I think they dropped. Yeah, they. I think the call dropped, but I think they're back. We're gonna go see if they still have, you know, they listen. Are you listening to one more? I think they're just listening. All right, I want to get to this one story. Um, with the Super Bowl performance of Beyonce, and I and I and I know all of you watched that performance. Well, not past Sunday, but Sunday before. And I guess a lot of people have a lot to say about Beyonce's performance. Um, she came out like she did her performance. I'm saying came out that weekend of the Super Bowl. And I think a lot of people had a lot to say about it because they, they felt that um, she was an anti-white slash pro-black agenda. And my thing is, like, anybody that knows Beyonce, you know she is the furthest thing from being a racist. Like, some of her best supporters and her friends and her best supporters and the people that uh, that, her, that are her sponsors are white. So how could she be promoting a racist agenda. Now, the thing is that she is promoting an anti-establishment uh, agenda. Like, you know, she she her performance was pretty much trying to get people to talk about, you know, uh, the injustices of what's going on in our country as it pertains to people of color. And, you know, I guess that they claim that she was dressed up and her dancers were dressed up in Black Panther attire. And I guess from that alone that they, they think that she, and none of the lyrics in the song pretty much mirrored her being against, like, uh, law enforcement or anything else. You know what I'm saying? She was just trying to make a political statement because uh, Bruno Marge and Coldplay, they were pretty much... Uh, on there, they were doing their part of the performance, and it was uh, pretty much targeting the uh, LGBT community, and just pretty much uh, like it, like like a pro LGBT performance, pretty much. And nobody had anything to say about that. It wasn't like, oh, you know, you're pushing that agenda. But it seems like anytime someone, uh, you know poses like issues that impact the 
the you know the the African American community, you're you're supposedly you know being um, anti-government and and um, anti-white and this that and the other, and you know a lot of people didn't feel that she was really you know taking that route, but you know you have a lot of um, political commentators that are on Fox News that that tried to push this agenda, talking about well um, we need to boycott Beyonce because. She's sending a message out here, uh, a racist message, and she's race baiting and all this, that, and the other way. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. And, you know, um, and I guess this political commentator, her name is uh, Tommy Lauren, and she had so much to say. Like, she was so much against this performance where she started hitting below the belt, talking about Beyonce's past and talking about, well, not. So much her past will be talking about Jay Z, talking about you need to be worrying about your your husband and how he used to be a drug dealer and this, that and the other. And to me, how dare you bring up this man's past when he has cleaned up his wife and mm-hmm. he's now like a a legitimate businessman and he's he's done a lot to give back to the community and not just the black community, you know. He's he's fought for a lot of causes. Like that was his past, but you now saying that this man has to live in the past. And to me, like, what does his past have to do with Beyonce's performance? Like, I, I don't understand. Why did you even bring him into the equation? You know, to me, it just seems like anytime you know, we bring up issues that are happening, you know, to our community, and, you know, we're just trying to put out a message that, hey, hey, we need to uh, be accepting and tolerant of all people. Anytime it comes from the black community, it's always seen as us being uh, militant or being anti-establishment or anti-white. And that's that's the furthest thing from that. You know, I mean, what do you expect people to do? Just to sit there and not, uh, you know come out and, and, and address these issues. You know what I'm saying? And Beyonce, I think she did it in a very tactful way. Um, it got people thinking, and I think most people do feel, I mean, understand the message that she was trying to convey. But like you said, it's, it's always this small percentage of people. And to me, like I said, like they, like the old saying goes, a hit dog is always going to get. And to me, like you're upset because obviously you're the segment of the population that she's talking about. So why would you get upset about someone taking a stand and uh, speaking out on issues that are impacting their community and just saying, hey, we don't want to be uh, killed anymore. We want our voices to be heard. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like you took a positive performance and then you just, just, I don't know. It's always some people that's going to find a negative in anything that you do. You know, um, you know. I don't see these commentators on Fox News talking about the disparity. You want to talk about, you know, all this other stuff. But how, let's talk about the solutions. You're not talking about the disparities of uh, minorities or even even in the gay community. You're not talking about, you know, these issues that impact us. But the moment we talk about it, you know, since, you know, it's always a bad thing, you know. Um, you want to talk about the Black Panthers, but 
the Black Panthers, like, first of all, you're so ignorant on what the Black Panthers were all about. And they were they were really a socialist group. They were like uh, a group ahead of their time. And, and they were about the advancement not only of just Black people, but just any um, disenfranchised group. And they were just about, you know, standing up for their community. Because you were dealing with a group of people at that time that were being shot down by police. They were discriminated against, you know. Um, there was a lot of things that were going on in the 60s when the Black Panther movement um, came about. And as far as I'm concerned, the last time I checked, the Black Panthers weren't out here burning down churches and going into churches killing innocent people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you want to talk about how they were violent and they were they were aggressive and this, that, and the other, but I think that you're getting the issue of aggression versus passion mixed up. You see what I'm saying? And it just, you really showed, she really showed her ass in that segment. And then you wonder why so many people responded back to you in a negative manner, and you're playing clueless to, like, why why do they feel that way? You're getting aggressive because people are calling you out on your bullshit pretty much. You know, it, it's it's just a really just really sad situation, and, and of course, we have tap dancing puppets like Raven Simone that has so much to say about Beyonce's performance. Like, girl, why don't you just be quiet? Like, I want to know when her when her contract. I didn't even weird. think that she was relevant anymore. You know, I thought she pretty much burned yeah, that like, bridge. You know, you're talking about well, you know. I'm not really a fan of her performance and this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 but she needs to go back to the old Beyonce when she was doing this, this, that, and the other. I said, girl, how about you go back to the way you used to be when you weren't on a view when you were this overweight, pudgy little kid that didn't have nothing to say? Because we tired of hearing your mouth. How about you do that? I said, you were talking about how she's not original and this, that, and the other. I said, girl, ain't nothing original about you. Cause you you so don't even know your original hair color. All of all that damn peacock hair. Oh girl, that girl's hair is a different color every episode. Oh, you got to be bald headed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just really sad that you know we can't even have thought provoking um, conversation without people. Uh, Hit below the belt, and like like I said, Beyonce is the farthest thing from being a racist. Like I, you know, and then I, so, Jay Z's past, nobody's talking about your past, and and Donald Trump even has stuff to say, but nobody's bringing up. Your past and all the scandals that you've been in. You know, you want to talk about this this woman's husband, and you know, I think he's he's a wonderful role model for for, for people. Like, you know, pretty much his life is a testament that you can pick yourself up, and you you don't have to stay out in the streets, and you you can make something out of yourself. But you don't want to look at it like that. 
you know, and I know some of y'all probably mad about what I'm saying, but I, it just it just makes me mad. Like you know, you guys are sitting here attacking this 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 young woman like this, and you know, she's pretty much making her money and doing her thing. But you know what? I think that she, I got to give props to her because she didn't have to put her stuff out there like that. Beyonce could have, you know, did her performance and did her, you know, basic, you know, sexy little thing or whatever and um, kept to her basic image. But for her to make a stand in a public uh, forum like that, I, I really I really got a lot of respect for her. And she really hasn't came out and said much about it because, you know, pretty much her performance speaks for herself. Like, she's a powerful person. She doesn't have to come out and see. Her performances and her music speaks for itself. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people are just missing the the big pitch. Like, I think a lot of, most of the people that had something negative to say about her performance were some of the people that are used to being crippled. You don't know what it's like to uh, be in situations where uh, your life is being taken and, you know, your rights are being withheld. You know, so I, I, just, I just really think that uh, it's, it's just funny how Fox News picks and chooses choose their battles as it pertains to what they want to address or the people that they want to gang up on. When you've had uh, several uh, white performers in the past that have performed on stage with um, Confederate flags flying, but that thing is cultural. That's not looked up on as hate. You know, uh, you don't you don't want to deal with some of the racist things that have came out of people's mouths like Donald Trump, you know, the scandals that he's been caught up in. That's, you don't, you never want to, uh, people never want to, on Fox, bring up these scandals where a lot of these people they idolize have been caught up in. But, you know, when it comes to us, it's totally different. It's, you know, we're put up under a microscope. You know, people look at us and you know, you want to put every little thing that we do under a microscope. So I don't know, like pretty much she pretty much in, in, in her the video uh it, it, it starts off with her uh about the whole entire Katrina situation and about how it took so long for the government to um, respond to those people that were stranded down there during um, that flood of Katrina, and she she uh, talked about a lot of different things in that particular video and that performance, like dealing with police brutality and just just a lot of different things. And a lot of people they don't want to uh, discuss the reality of these issues. You know what I'm saying? But. I don't know, man. I don't know. What do, what do you feel about that three three one? Like, did you get a chance to see that performance, that Super Bowl performance? Three three one, you there? Yes, ma'am. I'm here. I'm listening. Uh, 
So did you get a chance to see that uh, performance that everybody was talking about on at the Super Bowl? What did you say? I said, did you get a chance to see that performance that everybody, Beyonce oh. performance that everybody was talking about at the Super Bowl? I did. I didn't get a chance to see it, but I saw just a, a snippet. I thought she was fabulous. Yeah. And what, what, the little bit that I saw and then the controversy behind all of that, I'm thinking that, you know, when you do good, I'm, I'm thinking of a jealous, you know, I mean, even artists are jealous of each other. It's sad. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. It, it's you know, really just, sad. Like, you know. It's credit to discredit her. And, you know, this this young woman, she is self-made. Like, you know, um, her and Jay-Z, they're self-made. And it's just like I said, man, you're going to always deal with people that are going to put you under the microscope. And, and I mean, I'm not trying to make this totally about race, but when you are a successful black person and you're doing things the right way, you're going to be critiqued. You're going to be criticized. And anytime you take a stand against anything that is impacting your own community, you're going to be seen as someone that's race-based. You're going to be seen as someone that is always trying to stir the pot. You know, and it's not like it's something that she always does, but this is a, a, a cause that she wanted to, to uh, portray to the world. And she's giving money to all different types of causes, you know. So yeah. it's just it's just kind of ridiculous that when she tries to take a stand for her own community, everybody has something to say. It wasn't like she was talking about violence towards law enforcement or about she was saying, Hey, you know, we gotta change the establishment. We're not gonna stand well, any further. Anybody- well, is anybody uh-huh. taking up for her? Is anybody taking up for her or standing up for her? Or is she, is she, how's that working? How's this working? Well, the thing about it is, you know, of course her fans are speaking out and a lot of people are speaking out okay. in favor for her. But it's a small group of people. It's, it's, it's people on Fox, it's the commentators on Fox um, that are pretty much putting her on blast. And, you know, like I said, this should never be a surprise. And then you have this one guy that he he's a nobody, but I think he's a queen, honestly. He calls himself a pastor. This queen is always on where you got this S curl kid, got this dippy do on top of your head, and you always bashing the black community. Everything you say is always against the black community. Why don't you, you as a pastor, why don't you build your own community up? talking about um, I'm not in favor of black lives and, and, uh, and this, that, and the other, and talking, pretty much saying that uh, a lot of these people deserve to get killed that are unarmed and this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 blah. Pretty much tap dancing for the establishment. You know, you got all these people, and I think he, he's like a regular, regular on Fox News and I do not have I had this video pulled up and I can't think of his name. But yeah, you have a lot of it's it's just sad when you have your own people that are pretty much taken up for this. It's, I mean it's one thing to have the other side against you, but when your own people are justifying, you know, you getting killed and shot down in the streets and you this, that and the other and you 
going through the things that you're going through and, and making it seem like it's all your fault and instead of offering solutions. I just I just really think that's that's just a sad, pathetic person. I really think that is. You know, I, I just I just I don't have any respect and I hate to say this, I would have more respect for racist than a uh than a self hating I call him self hating code. Because to me at the end of the day, when you look look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see yourself as? Like you, you want to talk down on your own people, but at the end, just like that Wendy Williams story we talked about uh, about a month ago. Like, girl, when you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? You want to talk about your people, and you want to put them down and kind of exclude yourself from them, and and, and talk about you ashamed of being this, that, and the other. But what do you see when you look in the mirror? And, and it is just not, and I, I can't really say this is black to do it because. I know a lot of uh I know several gay people that are like that. Like they'll they act like they ashamed of who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they they are like gay Republicans and, and they denounce the gay community and anything that it stands for. So you got people that are dealing with self hate all around. But it just seems like it's it's always our community. It's, it's, it's just like a it's on a larger scale. You see what I'm saying? Like the self hatred is just on a larger scale, and we gotta get past that because at the end of the day, they gonna look at you as you know what. Regardless, you can kind of you can make yourself seem like you're above, you know, everyone else in your community, but you're not. That's why I think we really need to sit together. And I'm gonna say this. I'm not going to justify wrongdoing, though. Uh, I'm all for Black Lives Matter, but I'm not for people tearing stuff up and rioting and doing this, that, and the other. I will never support that. But I'm just talking about the people that have a legitimate concern and passion for the rights of all people. You know, I'm I'm all for that, but I'm not a, I'm not a fan of people that are trying to get on board and just trying to make a mockery of what we're trying to do out here, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's just so much going on, man. But this, this video that she has put out, is called so much controversy. And like I said, controversy sales. So she kind of knows what she's doing. She's taking a stand, but the reason why she's not really studying these people is because she knows that her record sales are going to go up because of this. You know, because like I said, controversy always sells. When you start getting people to talk about something and you get people to uh, stir it up, yeah, they're they going to pay attention to you. And, and, and all these people, even the people that are against her, they're going to probably try to, they'll probably go out and sneak and get that little album so they can listen to it and, and see what else they can dig up on her or critique her on. So pretty much at the end of the day, the joke is on them because she's the one making her coin. So I was wanted to talk about this. It's just so much uh, hypocrisy going on. And like the question I wanted to pose tonight, do all lives matter? I'm scared to say this, but I don't think that all lives matter in this society. I, I really don't think it does. You know, these same people talking about 
We need to do away with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. And, and we need to stick with do, do all lives matter. I think they're they're full of crap because you you obviously don't believe it. You just want to sweep all these issues under the rug. So it's it's definitely a great deal of hypocrisy out here. You know what I'm saying? These things who come out, yeah, we need to stick with all lives matter. But y'all sitting up here, you obviously don't believe it. So I'm I'm really uh really interested in seeing where this goes. I mean, ever since that Super Bowl performance, this has been so much drama, so much drama going on. But um, I got one more story that I want to talk talk about, and we we might get back to this Beyonce story next week because I really wanted a couple of my callers to call in and um, give their opinion about it. But we're gonna, gonna probably talk about it. I'm pretty sure. Next, they're going to still be coming down on Beyonce because it's been over a week since this Super Bowl performance, and it's still something, you know, it's still a big topic that's in the media. It's a huge trending topic, so we're going to probably be talking about this next week. But the last story I want to talk about is, uh, if I can get this page pulled up, Pretty much the drama between Sierra and Future. And this this centers around an ugly custody battle that's gotten worse over months. So pretty much, you know, these two have a child together. And both of them have supposedly moved on and stuff like that. But pretty much Sierra is trying to sue Future for slander. And we, like, slander suit, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, those are pretty difficult to prove a lot of times. Yeah. And, and I guess she was saying um, that she is suing future, what, CRC starting in future 32, they're fairly young parents, but old enough to know better, but she's suing him for $15 million for slander and libel because he pretty much criticized her parenting skills and her relationship with Russell Wilson on social media. And she claims that he only said these things to get publicity for his music. And pretty much in this lawsuit, she is bringing up how Future slammed her, slammed her image in her I guess reputation with a photo of her now current boyfriend Wilson pushing Sierra and future son in a in a stroller, and pretty much at the time Future said that Sierra set Wilson up and that she used her son for publicity, and you know of course he got mad and said that you know he didn't want some other man push, pushing his son and this that and the other. And he pretty much alleged that she's bringing their son around this man that she doesn't even barely know. And she's taking these pictures with this man, just trying to make him jealous and stuff like that. And he's pretty much questioning questioning her parental skills. Like, are you pretty much using our son to get back at me as a parent, pretty much? 
So I guess she had a problem with that. And he, he pretty much said that she got some serious problems. So I guess she has to prove, which I don't, I mean, she can't just pull up number out of the sky and just say, well, I deserve $15 million because you said I was a bad parent in, in social media. Like, that's just crazy. <laughs> but she is claiming that he has not paid child support. He owes over $15,000 in uh, child support, too. So I guess that's an issue that they're currently going through as well. But it just goes to show you a lot of these celebrities are going through a lot of the same problems that we're going through. You know, that's why you can't put these celebrities on a pedestal because at the end of the day, they're people as well. You see what I'm saying? So, I don't know. This has been going on between these two since the summer of 2012. Like, they've been going back and forth with each other. You know, it's, it's always a tip for tap with them. And I just I just really think that it's, it's really sad that there's some exposed to this. And, you know, and we don't have to just look at them. We can just look at both legal custody cases and stuff like that. It, 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 it's never about the kids. It, it's never about the kids. It, it's about, and I'm not going to say never. That's, that's, that's a strong statement. But oftentimes, it's, it's never about what's best for the child. It's always about you getting back and somebody else getting back at that act for cheating with you and beating up somebody else. Never mind. I ain't going to say that. But you, you, you get back. You know? But I don't know. So, Michael, do you think that do you think that's like a slander and libel cases? Is that like something hard or difficult to prove in court they do are most people successful when it comes to that. And, and, and well, what do you have for the to majority prove? the majority are not very successful. Um it depends of course on the laws of each state because I know that you know, like with Indiana we're it's a little bit more strict here on what how you would prove that. But yeah. in the same token you've Fifteen million, and then again, you know the price ranges on those things. You know that depends too on individual states' caps. But yes, slander and defamation and character lawsuits are not. I don't think, but if you know if it's involving a social media, and you did it openly in social media, that might be pretty easy to prove. The question at the end of the day is going to be, does the judge see it as such? Yeah. And don't, as a slander actual damages to? Like, how, how about, you know, by what he said, like, how did that actually bring damages to you? So I guess, like, if, I guess my question right. is, like, does she have the burden of proof? Is it on her to prove how his comment cost her $15 million of damage? Right. I don't think it, it would be a very successful a embarrassment, but I don't think that it's really going to they know that you guys got beef going into stuff. I don't think that it's gonna really impact her to that extent. Right. 
And I kind of think that it's probably more of a vengeance type of thing. Yeah. I I don't think that her suit would be terribly successful, but then again, that all depends on getting the right judge yeah. and the laws of the state. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't sense. think again, she's going to have to show that she was in some way harmed. Mm-hmm. But, wow. Uh, I mean, it's just sad. Like, you know, just putting all that to the side. Like I said, man, it's really a shame that that people will use a child as a pawn. You know, yeah, use them as a pawn or a hostage and yeah. anything to make the other parent or spouse soon to be ex feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this child is really that old. I mean, but I think that this this is this is just gonna continue as the child gets older. And they and they're gonna really oh, yeah. look at this and you know, they're gonna really be that stuff affect young people. You know, especially when they're in the middle of like custody. You think they don't know what's going on, man. You you sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. And that's why we yeah. have so many young people now that are messed up in the mind and just their whole concept of relationships is huge. Like you you look at look at a lot of people, like a lot of these young people's like concepts of like even marriage. Not even I ain't gonna take it as far as marriage, but just like relationships in general. Like it's so skewed, it's so jacked up in how they look at relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. You know, I I mean, I I really refuse to think that that is a progression of the times. I really think, like you say, it's probably a fallout of all these different types of scenarios playing their part in the, let's just say, cluster of it. (laughs) You know, I I can't see where it's a progression. You know, a progression, I would tend to think something is evolving for a good reason, and I can't really see much of a good reason the way that it seems to go nowadays. But I think that's all I got I have to talk about tonight. I just wanted to get on and talk about a couple of things tonight and just um let people know that we're gonna be doing having some changes pretty soon and uh we're gonna be doing some new things on the show and all that. So just just be on the lookout. I know this is kinda of more of a last minute episode, so uh I don't know, I'll just I know there's a couple people that's been texting me throughout the show. Uh, I know it's a couple people from work that I, uh, in my job, they were telling me they were listening and stuff like that. So I wanted to thank them. And some people told me, you know, uh, gave me some feedback, mostly positive, uh, about the, about my new microphone. Um, really clearly. I think someone told me that they heard a, a little bit of background noise, but we'll we'll get get everything. Fixed. Like I said, I'm talking to somebody now that's really interested in getting on board and just helping us out with the cause and about what, you know, that believes in what we're doing. And he's pretty good with his audio. So we're going to get a lot of these issues resolved with the sound quality and all that stuff. I know I'm supposed to be meeting up with him 
sometime this week, possibly tomorrow, we're going to talk about uh, the show and direction. You know, I would like to see it go and stuff and just what we're doing and all that stuff. So, like I said, anybody that's interested in or joining the team or that has any positive input, just, just let me know. Uh, once again, this is Seneca Harris and Michael Snyder on tonight. You can email us at ucofw. ucofw.indy. Hold on, let me get the address right because I just created this account. It's ucofw.indy at gmail.com or you can email me at my personal email address at seharris02 at gmail.com if you have any show ideas or if you're interested in um, joining the team or if you're interested in possibly uh, promoting your business or service on our show soon we're going to be getting into that so there's a lot of stuff that we're, we're planning on doing and maybe adding a couple shows to the network and stuff, just educational stuff. So that's pretty much it. I don't know if you have anything else to uh, say, Michael. I think it's about 11 o'clock, so we're probably going to just jump off. Yep. All right. Well, we will catch you hopefully next week. And until then, uh, be blessed, be prosperous, and we will catch you on the next episode of The Urban Wire.